0: You're listening to As Read By Me, the podcast where writers read and readers listen. Greetings, and welcome back to As Read By Me. I'm your host, Dave Stiles, and I'm excited to be back bringing you more great stories as read by their authors. Our first story this week is from a new contributor, William Roush. Bill is a prolific writer of flash fiction. He's got his own podcast called Read My Shorts. And he starts us off today reading his story entitled Androphobia. Then we welcome back our old pal Paul Camerata with a holiday-themed poem entitled Spinning the Globe. And finally, Mike Archer is back with another excerpt from his book, Living with Humans, entitled The Woodcarver. Okay, all set? Let's go.
1: Hi, this is Bill Rausch. And this is a story entitled Androphobia, as read by me. I was playing out in the woods with my friend. Mama always warned us not to get too far away. So we usually played down by the stream. It was a cool, crisp fall day. The leaves were turning orange and red, aspens flashing yellow everywhere. Then, Suddenly, my buddy heard it. What? What was that? We turned our heads, straining to hear. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Probably your imagination again, I scoffed. But then, then we heard it again, both of us this time. But now, oh, now there were heavy footsteps and they were running toward us. Look over there! He nodded his head towards the noise. I strained my eyes to see it. Oh, crap! In the thick undergrowth, I saw a strange-looking man. Run! I shouted as we turned and hightailed it out of there. Have some... I heard him behind us when he got snagged up in the briars. We were a lot younger than him and left him in our dust. A few minutes later, we were home and out of breath. Hearts pounding, but, but safe. Mom rushed out to meet us. Where the heck have you two been? She was more than worried. She was upset. She tried to hide it, but I saw her anxiety. Mom, Mom, we were playing down by the stream like we always do. But then, but then we heard, heard him and we took off. Okay, okay, slow down, sweetie. You heard who? Hikers or 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 maybe campers. There was there was a whole bunch of them. My my buddy glared at me as if to say, "Really? Sometimes I sort of, you know, make things up." Well, okay, mom. It was just one man, dressed kind of weird. When he saw us, he started chasing us. So we ran away. He <laughs> was it was funny when he got all snagged up in those briars. Hikers are pretty dumb. When I said that, Mom got very quiet. She told my buddy to go home, that he was safe now. After he was gone, she looked down at me. Her concern was obvious. Sweetie, this is nothing to laugh about. Your father warned me that this day would come. I just didn't think it would be this soon. Uh, what what day, Mom? She took a moment to collect her thoughts. (sighs) Okay. After I met your father, he moved me way out here. I was pretty reluctant and really didn't want to. But he said we needed to get away from, from all that. Then Mom stopped, the words caught in her throat. Your father... Your father could be very strong-willed, but really, he just wanted to keep both of us safe. Safe? Safe from what, Mom? I was puzzled. From them, sweetie. People, people like you saw today. Then I saw a tear in her eye, not sure what to say. But Mom, that man was probably just out camping or, 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 or hiking. Honey? Honey, let me finish. Right after you were born, the same thing happened to your father. He was pretty sure that we were safe living way out here like this. So he'd get up early and go for walks through the woods. But that morning, they saw him and started chasing him, just like you today. They even had dogs. And their barking woke me and you as as we were sleeping back here, safe and sound. Mom stopped. She had a distant stare in her eyes as she looked toward the stream where I had been playing. I didn't know what to say. Sweetie, listen to me very careful now. That man today, he wasn't camping or hiking. Men like him, strangers, they like to sneak around in the woods. After Mom said that, I started to understand. Mom! Mom! Not, was he going to hurt me? Not yet, sweetie. Not yet. But next year, he'll try again. When you have antlers.
2: Hi, I'm Paul Camerata, and this is Spinning the Globe, as read by me. Our parents always filled our house with traditions, from first-day school photos to birthday cake wishings, Easter egg hunting, Super Bowl gatherings, July 4th bunting, Dad's New Year's toast blatherings, among all of it Christmas came with the most, an elf on the shelf, those chestnuts to roast, stockings and trimmings, caroling, punch, for my sister with a Christmas Eve birthday, a brunch. They were all great, but each year the best was what kicked off our annual Red and Green Fest. It took place the night we put up the tree, then with tinsel and lights, made it bright and shiny. We added the ornaments, bells, candy canes, wooden nutcrackers, cool metal trains. Then those gorgeous glass globes, too many to count. From the trunk to the star, an amazing amount. Mom loved them so, They were her cherished prize. It was tradition just seeing how they glimmered her eyes. All but one, every year, the last left in the box. Spotting it, Mom's eyes and smile thinned like a fox. We all sat to watch, Dad included, knowing Christmas couldn't start till this moment concluded. Mom removing the final gorgeous glass globe and carefully lifting it beside her earlobe. She made like her fave, Doc Gooden on the hill, kicked her leg high, and fired a pill. In our open brick hearth, where shattering mixed with flames, made us cheer as if Doc just tossed a perfect game. Now Christmas time's back, to us exclaimed my mother, and we've broken one globe, let us not break another. In this family, everyone's a bit different from the rest, but no one in our house disputes which traditions best.
3: Hi, this is Mike Archer. This is an excerpt from my short story collection, Living with Humans. It's called The Woodcarver, as read by me. Joe Bruno and his wife Maria were just moving into the quiet neighborhood in Santa Fe. A few days earlier, Matt Dawkins, their next-door neighbor, noticed a couple of workers renovating and expanding a backyard shed. Matt thought Joe and his wife looked to be in their 70s and probably moved to New Mexico to enjoy the great weather and scenery in their retirement years. Matt and his wife Jane had waved to the couple as the movers were carrying furniture into the house on a sunny Saturday. They planned to go over and welcome them to the neighborhood once the movers were gone. Matt and Jane moved to Santa Fe from Brooklyn, New York, when Matt got an offer from a law firm. He and Jane, a teacher, thought it would be an adventure and a way to sample a different lifestyle. Their kids, 8-year-old Patrick, and their daughter, 5-year-old Taylor, were disappointed the former owners moved. They had two kids about Patrick and Taylor's ages who they played with all the time. As Patrick watched Joe supervise the movers, he said, Dad, that man looks old. I don't see any kids. He looks like grandpa. Matt smiled. No, Patrick. I don't think they have kids your age, but I'm sure they're nice people. Maybe they have grandkids who will come and visit. Patrick was skeptical. I bet they won't have their own scooters. Matt did notice several wooden crates the movers took back to the shed. It had been enlarged, there was new siding, a new roof, and electricity was installed. Joe followed them, and Matt could hear him telling the movers to be careful with the crates. Later in the afternoon, when the movers were gone, Matt, Jane, and the kids went over to say hello. Jane made a chicken pot pie and some cookies, and they rang the bell. As Joe opened the door, Matt said, Hi, we're your next door neighbors. Uh, we hope we're not intruding. We wanted to welcome you to the neighborhood. I'm Matt Dawkins. This is my wife, Jane, and this is Patrick and Taylor. Jane held out the dinner and the cookies and said, we thought you might be too busy to think about dinner. Joe was impressed. This is great. I'm Joe Bruno. Maria, come out here. The neighbors are here and they brought us dinner. Thanks so much. Maria came out of the kitchen. Oh, come in. This is so nice of you. There were boxes spread out in the living room and piled on the kitchen table. Jane said, we don't want to stay. We know you're busy. Matt asked, where are you from, Joe? We're from Philadelphia. We couldn't take the winters anymore. Matt said, it was great meeting you. And again, if there's anything we can do, just let us know. As they went out the door, Jane noticed the picture of the little boy on the mantle. The Dawkins didn't see much of the Brunos over the next several weeks. They did notice Joe spent most days in the backyard shed that had been turned into a workshop. There were pieces of lumber and even small tree trunks neatly stacked next to it. Patrick could see Joe through the small window when he came home from school. His curiosity finally got the best of him one day, and he walked over to the workshop. He knew his mother wouldn't want him bothering Joe. He tried to peek in the window without being noticed, but Joe looked up and saw him. Patrick took a step back and thought Joe might get angry. He started to turn to go back home when Joe opened the door. It's Patrick, right? Joe could be a little imposing to a kid. He was only five foot nine, but he was stocky with muscular forearms. He had a broad face framed with silver-rimmed glasses that matched his white hair. His voice was deep. Patrick felt a little intimidated and was regretting his decision to venture into Joe's yard. Joe held the door open. Would you like to come in? Patrick decided to step inside. It was not what he expected. It was like nothing he had ever seen before. There were shelves lining the three walls from about a foot above the floor to a foot below the ceiling. There were dozens of hand-carved wooden figures, children, animals, birds, football and baseball players, trains, boats, and small planes. Works in progress were scattered on the workbench in the center of the shop. Carving tools were scattered on top of the bench, knives, chisels, files, and an electric table saw. Wood and more tools were stored on a shelf under the workbench. Patrick could smell the wood. His eyes were popping. Wow, did you make all these things? Is this what you do all day? Joe smiled. Well, it's my hobby. I do give some away to people I like. Would you like to pick one out? Patrick scanned the shelves. It was almost too much to take in. He stopped at the lion with the full mane and its mouth open in a roar. Can I have the lion, he asked. Joe took it off the middle shelf and handed it to Patrick. It's yours. How about your sister? Patrick said, she likes dogs. We have a golden retriever named Lucky. Joe reached to the top shelf and took down a figure of a little girl petting her dog. Maybe she'd like this one, he said, handing it to Patrick. Yeah, the dog even looks like Lucky. Patrick didn't want to overstay his welcome. Thanks, Mr. Bruno. My mom is going to be looking for me. Joe stood at the door. Okay, tell your parents I said hello and come over any time. Patrick noticed a picture of the little boy on the shelf behind Joe's head. It was the same boy Jane saw on the Bruno's mantle. Patrick rushed in the back door to the kitchen where Jane was making dinner. "'Mom, look what Mr. Bruno gave me. You should see inside his workshop. There's so many wood statues all over the walls. He let me pick out the lion and gave me this girl and the dog for Taylor.' Jane was a little concerned. "'Were you over there bothering Mr. Bruno?' You should have asked before going over to his backyard. Patrick tried to explain. I was just looking in the window, and he saw me and asked me to come inside the workshop. He was really friendly. Jane didn't want to overreact. Okay, but next time you ask me about going over there and disturbing Mr. Bruno. Matt came home a short time later, and Patrick told him all about his visit to Mr. Bruno over dinner. Dad, there were so many wood statues all over the walls. Matt said... That was very nice of Mr. Bruno, but I don't want you bothering him or accepting any more gifts. One is enough. When dinner was over, the kids went to the family room to watch television. Matt and Jane were cleaning up the dishes. As he wiped off the counter, Matt said, I should go over there and thank Joe for being so nice to Patrick. I haven't seen much of him since they moved in. Jane thought for a second. I haven't seen Maria either. When she returned the dishes I brought over for dinner, she left them on the front porch with a thank-you note. She dropped them off when she knew I'd be at school. Maybe they're just shy or like to keep to themselves. Later, Matt saw the light on in Joe's workshop and walked over to thank him. Like Patrick, Matt was amazed by all the wooden figures. Joe, this is quite a collection. Do you sell these? Oh, no, it's just a hobby. I give them away at toy drives, kids in homeless shelters, nursery schools... I try to make them unique. Every kid should have a special toy that no one else has. Matt wondered if Joe had children or grandchildren of his own. He then noticed the picture of the little boy on the shelf behind Joe. Who's that little guy? Is he your grandson? Joe turned around slightly. That's our son. He died many years ago. There was a distinct change in Joe's expression. A sadness seemed to come over him. Matt immediately regretted asking, He felt as if he was prying. Oh, Joe, I'm sorry. Joe wanted to change the subject. "Uh, Thank you. Listen, Patrick is welcome here anytime. I love the company. Matt turned toward the door. That's very nice of you. We just don't want him to be a bother. Joe shook his head and said, he's no bother. When Matt returned home, Jane was upstairs getting the kids ready for bed. He went up to read a story. They each had their own room, but they did the bedtime story in Taylor's room. She had the figure of the little girl with the dog on her nightstand. Daddy, doesn't the dog look like Lucky? Matt smiled. And the girl looks just like you. After the story, Matt tugged Taylor in and walked Patrick across the hall to his room. Dad, did you see Mr. Bruno's workshop? Matt pulled the covers up on Patrick. Yes, I did. It's a really cool collection. Patrick asked, is it okay if I go over again? Mr. Bruno said I could. Okay, but don't be a pest, and ask Mom before you go over. I will. Good night, Dad. Matt bent down and kissed Patrick's forehead. Good night, son. When Matt came downstairs, Jane was sitting at the kitchen table going over her class's test papers. Matt said, Our neighbor seems like a nice guy, and he's quite a woodcarver, but I think I made him uncomfortable asking about a picture of a little boy on one of the shelves. I asked if he was his grandson." He suddenly got a sad look on his face and said the boy was his son who had died a long time ago. Jane remembered, I saw a picture of a little boy on their mantle when we went over with the dinner. I thought it was a little strange that the picture was one of the first things they put up in the middle of all the boxes and unpacking. I wonder what happened and if they had any other children. Matt said, well, I know he has a soft spot for kids. He gives all those figures away to toy drives, kids in homeless shelters, and even nursery schools. Really, Jane was impressed. Maybe Santa Claus has moved into the neighborhood.
0: Hmm. Did Santa Claus move into the neighborhood? Well, you'll have to read Mike Archer's book, Living with Humans, to find out. It's available on Amazon, and there's a link in the episode description. Also in the description is information on how to find and support all of our writers. And you can always support our show by going to asreadbyme.com and clicking on the donate button. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you'll join us in the next episode, which will be our year-end roundup, featuring all the season two stories back-to-back in one long episode. It's great for long drives to grandmas, or just wrapping presents by the fire. I hope you have a great holiday, and I'll see you on the next As Read By Me.